to be spiritually minded people. If we want God's best, we must be spiritually minded. If we want God's best. You know, there is a danger when we decide that we are going to take our way of thinking. Absolute danger. Do you know when I first got born again, um, you know, the difficult thing is, is that when you go to school and you're getting yourself an education, there tends to, there's a tendency even through university of getting to, to be more reliant on your mind and your abilities. And when you do that, you begin to, in your own way, create a, a, an idol because it gets your mind, it gets you on your mind on what you can do rather versus what God can do in your life. And it's the same thing with, let's say, maybe perhaps the gym or, or exercising or, or because now you're saying this helps me keep, get peace. This helps me clear my mind. This helps me do this. Now, to a certain level with the, with the flesh, you do need to put your flesh under. So working out is good because the Bible, you know, you're buffeting your body. You're keeping it under. You're not letting it rule you. I said you're buffeting it. You're not buffeting it. And so, you know, you're buffeting his body. You're keeping its temperaments, its, its appetites down, right? That's a good thing. Yeah. However, if that's the only thing that you do to keep your appetites down and not keep your mind check in check in the terms of you're thinking about whatever you want to think, you're thinking lustful thoughts, you're thinking thoughts of how, you know, you're going to just get ahead of everybody else. And, and it's always about you taking care of you. And, and, and you know, it's me, it's me, it's me, myself and I then you get in trouble. Then slowly and eventually those walls begin to crumble down and fall and begin to collapse around you because you've put so much trust in you and your ability versus trusting God. And what's happened is you've become so naturally minded within that, within that frame, within the context of that thing. And you know, that, that'll take your peace away every time. So, sooner or later, there's so many, so many visits to the gym aren't going to produce peace. It doesn't matter how many endorphins you get built up in your body. It, it don't matter. It, 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 it won't add up to the need that your spirit man has. Your spirit man has a great need. It needs fellowship with the Father. It, it needs communication with the Father. Because it's those things, it's those areas that bring, that bring rejuvenation to you. You know, the scripture says that exercise profiteth very little. Yeah. Meaning, it's going to just take, go, take you so far within the natural man. But you see, James talks about the engrafted word, which is enable to save your souls. In other words, your spirit man is going to be the one. If it's in charge, it's going to take care of those natural things in this realm. Like your body, like your mind, like the peace that you lack. Because, you know, you get, you get, you just get one minute, you're up and one minute, you're down. You know, God, you know what bipolar, you know what a bipolar, uh, I almost kind of want to say this tongue in cheek, maybe be a little cover, uh, careful with this one because you hear people, well, I'm bipolar. Well, you, you start confessing those things, you're going to be bipolar. But if you start real, recognizing this whole concept of being bipolar, it's a world, it's a world label. That means my life is out of whack somewhere. It's not balanced. At least that's the frame of reference I get with the bipolar. One minute I'm up, one minute I'm down. When you get Jesus, there should be a peace on the inside of you. There should be fruit that your life is growing from, from, from being up and down to where there is a steadiness about you. Because a carnal person is going up and down anyways. 
You don't need a, a definition of being bipolar to be that way anyways, up and down. You don't. you don't. You don't need a definition. What you need is having fellowship with the Lord to help steady those things. Because once you begin to put the, uh, the lust of the flesh down, like being depressed, being sad, say, saying, dealing with the stuff that, that would try to weigh you down. You know, particularly because people can get depressed. And why are they getting depressed? They get depressed because of over things that they can't control. They, they can't control. And then they begin to be, because they allow their minds to go there and they meditate and they stay there so long, their body begins to respond to it. Right. So now there's physical elements that are causing that body to react to that. Yes. Remember what James says is that the tongue is the helm of your mouth and it directs your life. Yeah. And the only person that can ever help you tame that is God. So in other words, this is a spiritual matter. Yeah. This is a spiritual matter that affects you, it affects me. And, and as a Christian, if you are consistently, uh, uh, your consistent relationship is only with Wednesdays, it's only with Sundays, and, and my pursuits, everything else has nothing to do with the Lord, you're never going to have peace. Good. You won't. Mm -hmm. It's not possible. Yeah. It's not possible to have peace. And be carnally minded. To be self-willed minded will always leave you at the end feeling empty. Because there's only so much you can do to fill you. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? Uh -huh. There's only so many escapes that you can take before you still have to deal with the things that are not taken care of on the inside. The spirit man takes care of the issues that are going on with the inside yeah. because the spirit man involves the inside person more than the outside person. Though my outward man is perishing daily, the scripture says my inward man is being renewed day by day. Yeah. And so it's important that that renewal take place every day of your life. Right. Every day, not just, not just, not just, not just the mornings even. Not just, not just the afternoons, evening. We're talking about it being a lifestyle everywhere you go. Being spiritually minded. You know, I'm not going to go there today. I'm going to spend my time with the Lord. I'm not going to watch TV today. I'm going to spend my time with Him. I, I'm not, I'm not going to do those external things that normally, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to put this um, baseball season out. And I'm just going to spend my time with Him because it's important to, important to me. Because his business is important to me. And one thing I've recognized is that when his business is important to you, oh, what a blessing it is. I'm telling you, there is such a blessing to when you've made a decision that you're not going to get in strife. It's such a blessing when you make a decision that I'm, I choose to walk in love. It, there is a blessing when you say, you know what? He's, I'm, I, the only reason I get to be the head and, and, and not the tail is because he has set me in the heavenly, seated right next to him. Therefore, if I'm seated with him, I'm going to start acting like he, I, he's right next to me. That's right. Amen. Quit living my life like he's not even around. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I, I, there's a lot of things that people do. There's a lot of things that people do. And I think to myself, would you do that if Jesus was here? Even post things. Would you, would you post that if, if Jesus was here? And you hear people like, I don't know. Would I post that? Have you ever, have you ever posted something and I'm, I'm taking it down because you feel like, oh, I probably shouldn't do that. It's not. It's a sin. There's no sin in what you're posting, but it doesn't help anything. It doesn't help anyone else. 
we have to be in a place of our lives where Marine began to make decisions saying, I want my life to make a difference for myself and my family. We tend to forget that the bigger picture is not just us, but it's the others around us who are affected by our lack of decision, by our lack of consecration, by our lack of giving ourselves. I like what Brother Hagen said to one other minister. I don't know what the other minister's name is, but they were driving by a man who was physically impaired. And they and the one man asked Brother Hagen, he goes, is it, do you think it's it's, it's um God's, God's will for this man to get out of that wheelchair? He goes, yes, I believe it is, but someone's got to be willing to pay the price. What does he mean by that? He means that someone's got to make a decision to live a consecrated life. He means that someone's going to have to lay down what they want to do, spend some time in prayer, spend some time in the, in the throne room of God in order to get the, get, the, get the will, get the purpose, get the plan for that man's God. But see, those wills and those plans and those purposes don't come about by just sitting around on your rusty dusty. Come on. It's, it's going to require you stepping in and stepping out and getting out of your comfort zone. We talk about comfort zones, but the world uses the word comfort zone in the sense of, well, you know, I'm just going to try a new business and do this. No, we're talking about a comfort zone where we're doing the word, where we're speaking the word, where we're prophesying to our mountains, where we're, 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 we're having fellowship and communication with the Lord. Because now I'm really taking the step up. You know, I'm headed really to the true promotion. See, the world can try to promote you, but that's not a promotion, brother. That's just, that's just more do, that's more work. But with God's promotion, there is a blessing. There is, there is, there's people getting healed. There's people getting saved. There's people getting delivered. Don't, don't sacrifice those things so that for a moment of pleasure of just doing what you want to do or living how you want to live. If you look to your relative or your children or to your parents or to the ones that you love, and if it required you fasting and getting in front of the face of God and saying, Lord, do something in their lives. Would you be willing to make that sacrifice if you knew that it required that? Now, I want you to notice something. Remember when the, um, the apostles came to uh, or one, of the, one of the men who had a son who threw himself in the fire? They said, they said to him, you know, these... <laughs> My son is, he goes through in the fire and none of, your, none, of your, none of your disciples could heal him. Right? Remember that? And Jesus turned around and he asked the man, do you believe? And the man got, got all startled. Uh-uh. But he said, because this, this doesn't come out by, this, this doesn't come out by, um, but this comes up by prayer and fasting. Now I want you to notice something. Prayer and fasting doesn't mean that it's totally contingent. Prayer and fasting means a connected life. This demon's going to come out not by you doing your own thing. This is going to come about you listening to me, listening to my direction, listening to how I tell you to do it. See, people think that fasting is a way for God to hear them. No, 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 no. It's a time for you to hear instructions on the plan for your life and how to deal with situations. Because I'm telling you, you know, when you, when you start getting into the things of the Spirit, God deals with you. Uh-huh. And you ever just notice that God never deals with you about your wife, about her, about, about her attitude? Well, you know, God, God's telling you, you know, you need to fix her attitude. He never does that. <laughs> Believe me, I've tried. I said, Lord, you're going to fix that attitude? Then he starts talking about me. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
That's not how we started this conversation. I asked about her and he'll tell no, I'm talking about you and what you've put into this relationship. And see, how many of you know that if you're not putting the work that God tells you to do or, or in, in regards to taking care of the, the spiritual matters in your home, how do you know the natural things won't be taken care of? I said the natural things won't be taken care of. People want natural things of the, of the Lord to be taken care of. But with no spiritual input, but you cannot expect spiritual outputs with no spiritual input. It is virtually impossible. Yeah. Well, I refuse to believe it. I just rely on the grace of God. Well, then that's just foolishness on your part. That's called presumption. You know, this world, especially the world, the carnal world, it gets demonically influenced. It's seriously demonically influenced. And sometimes you see you see believers out there, you know, that they, they, they are they're being motivated by carnality. They are motivated by things that that shouldn't motivate them. They, they like I said, one moment they're up and one minute they're down, but solely because of how they see things going. And if something isn't going their way, they they start to throw a fit. I said they start to throw a fit and they begin to feel like. Like the world is falling down, but the world isn't falling down. The world isn't falling apart. It isn't. Well, we, we got a pandemic. So greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I always love the testimony of John G. Lake during a, a mass, mass plague. He put that bubonic plague in his hand and it died. Can you imagine being so God-minded that not even the devil can just land on your flesh and take hold of you? We got to get to the point where we trust God more than we trust or, 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 put, our, or put our stock into what's going on out there. Yeah. We got to build our faith to the point where we're not concerned or worried. Yeah. And none of these things move me. Yeah. I'm not saying that he didn't, uh, John G. Lake didn't suffer loss. He didn't die. He didn't perish because he put enough word on the inside of him. I will say this. If you're a man or a woman of God, it's so easy to trust or to think that because you're teaching the word, that because you're speaking the word and you're declaring the word, that it in some way is in replacement of the actual doing of the word and feeding yourself. In other words, I'm studying for the people, but sometimes you can't study for the people. We need to study for ourselves. That's why it's so important. It's not enough for me, Pastor Marcus, to, to teach on healing. I have to take healing for myself. I've got to get in, I've got to get in Reverend Joel's book. I'm the one that's got to open it up and start reading his testimony and how, he's, how he talks about how he's laying in bed and he sees Jesus taking the stripes and, and every, everything that he's being put on his body is, is, is being put on him while he's, he's sitting there meditating on God, what God did and how Jesus, see, what is he doing? He, he's becoming, you're becoming spiritually minded. Yeah. And there's no peace when you're laying, but I don't know, I'm never going to get up. I'm just always going to be sick. It just feels like there's no peace. And the world needs peace. Yeah. The world needs peace. Yeah. The world needs people. He needs commanders, right. leaders who can stand in the face who can stand in the face of impossibilities and not flinch with fear. Yeah. He needs us. He needs you not to be in panic mode. He needs you not to be part of the gossip t uh, table. Well, it seems like this is getting worse and, and everybody's freaked out. 
God doesn't need you freaked out. Yeah. He does not. He needs you courageous. He needs you brave. He needs your head to be standing firmly up, up high, not, not concerned about these things, but yeah. being the voice, being the voice of reason, being the voice of calm. Because yeah. we don't have that right now sometimes in the world. If you look at the world, even our local governor, just there's panic. Yeah. There's fear. You can see it. I, I told a friend back in the day when we had leaders, they said they stood in the face, goes, do not afraid. Do not be afraid. We are going to get on top of this thing. Uh-huh. Not like that anymore. Why is that? Because our faith is no longer in the, our master. Our faith is in what our government can do or what it's not doing. I'm telling you, these things that are taking on, going on right now, we've got to learn from these things. We've got to learn that our best response is the God response. Yeah. That's your best response. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. What's the God response in this? How am I going to respond to this? Am I going to run around? You watch these old, you watch these television shows and you see a person running around screaming. You mean we've got people who do that. When there's rumors of job loss, they do that. But you should be the voice to come. No, don't worry. God's going to take us out of this. God's going to bring us through. He always has. He always has. He's always, he's always brought you through. He's always brought us through. You're getting, and you're going to have that. When you have that in your heart, there is peace. Oh, there is peace. And I'm telling you that peace is like a river that floods your soul. Everybody's panicking, but everyone's like, what's wrong with him, man? He ain't even worried. I'll tell you what's right with him is that he's got the peace of God on the inside of him. He knows that he's seen enough to know that all you have to do is put your trust and faith in God and he'll bring you over. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Psalms chapter one, verse one. Carnal behavior is the result of a carnal mind. As a parent, we are not above scriptural correction because we are adults. As a leader, we don't, we don't give occasion ourselves to carnal outburst just because we're in a position of authority. Do you hear what I said? We're not going to just blow it. Like I said earlier, we're just not going to blow it. We don't do things because I'm an adult. Uh-huh. I'm an adult here. I can watch the rated R movie. I'm the adult here. Uh, I can do this. I can drink. No, I'm a Christian. I don't watch rated R movies. I'm a Christian. I don't have premarital sex. No, sex. I'm a Christian. No, I don't participate in drinking. No, I'm a Christian. I don't smoke pot. I don't do drugs because I'm a Christian. That's right. Amen. Because I can't get the peace of mind with those natural elements. Your bong ain't going to save you, baby. It ain't. Well, I need it because... You know, people will argue for stupid things to keep things that do them more harm yeah. than good. Yeah. 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 And it, that's, that's right. It's the enemy. Mm-hmm. It's the enemy that would try to seduce you. If you just do this, this is your easy way out. Uh-huh. You ever tell, well, I'm just going to party and, and drink and forget all my problems. But no, by the end of the night, you're throwing up in, the tu- in, 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 a, in a toilet and crying and wishing how you never, and how you're never going to do that again. It's, it's one of the most, I'll just say this, as someone who used to live that life, it is one of the most miserable experiences anybody could ever live. It is terrible. It's not fun. And I don't even know, I, to this day, I, I told my wife back in there, I don't even know why we called it a party. Because everybody who went there was miserable. 
even the people in the clubs, miserable. Just a miserable way of living. Just a miserable existence. Because you can't find peace. You can't find joy in any of that stuff. Because particularly because you don't have answers for your life. You, yeah. There's no answers in the club. There's no answers in going around with different people. The only answers are going to be found in the Word. I like what Pastor Nancy said, and it's always stuck out to me. She goes, the hardest part and the hardest areas of my life was not, was not um, difficult tragedies or things I've been through. It's when parts of my life I didn't have answers for certain particular things. Not having an answer was probably the hardest parts that in, in life where I just needed answers and I didn't have them. Those are hard moments. Yeah. Having answers with God, through God, mm-hmm. that's peace. I said, that, 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 that's peace. And in Psalms 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That spiritual man is, the spiritual man, his delight is in the Lord. And and, and, in that law, he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. See, there's a benefit. There is an outflow. You're planted by rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in the season. Your leaf will not wither, no, and, and, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. The spirit man's life prospers. I said the spiritual man, his life, his, his life prospers. Well, that's not fair. How come... How come Brother so-and-so seems like everything's go easy for him and things always seem hard for me because he's following God. He's committed. Well, I, I go to church. I do, I do the same. I serve in the same uh, uh, department as he does. The difference between sometimes between one person and another is that one person has made a more of a consecrated effort to do the word, yeah. spend time in the word, yeah. actually become a doer of the word. Right. Not just, it's not about just showing up to church. Yeah. See, I think that's where a lot of believers miss it. I'll be very frank. That's where they miss it. Yeah. They think I'm doing everything that I'm doing everything right. I'm going to church. Mm-hmm. I tithe. I, I'm Sunday and I even show up to prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just say something. Those, those are good things because they're there to help you to get to the next level. But those aren't, these, those aren't um, pacifiers or they're not replacements for yeah. what you need to be doing on a daily basis. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They, they cannot replace your obligations. Your personal obligation is to do the word. That's right. Your, your personal obligation is to make sure that every day that you seek him. Yeah. That's your job. Yeah. Every day your job is to seek him. Yeah, that's right. You say you want the peace of mind, but you didn't pray. You have to question your mind, your sincerity in regarding to how much you really want things. Because the reality is, is if people were more sincere about what it is that they really wanted, Sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to go to the conference, but when you're at the conference, can you ask them to pray for me? <laughs> Do you know how many times I've seen that happen? I, I'm not going to go, but can you pray for me? Now, I don't, that, I'm not saying that praying for people is wrong. You should, we, we as believers, it, who, people who do but when believers who don't go to church because they don't want, they're going to stay home and rather watch a ball game, and, but they want you to pray for them at church. That's, that's, that's mixed messages. That, that's, saying, that's saying something different. Yeah. And I believe God wants your life to say something different. 
It wants to be consistent to the values that you place, that you say that you place on the word. That you say, that you proclaim, that you tell other people you believe. Mm -hmm. It's not not enough to tell people I'm a believer and not do and follow suit in the areas of believing. We must be a doer of the word. Because holiness is a good thing. Living a holy life is a good thing. In Philippians uh, 2, 5, it says, Let this mind, attitude, be in you, which was also in Christ. You know, Christ sacrificed his entire being to follow the plan of God. And the Lord says, let that mind be in you. Think about that. He laid his entire life down. Let this mind, I'm reading to you, I think this is amplified. Let this mind, attitude, be in you, which was also in Christ. In other words, the mind that Jesus had towards sin, the mind that Jesus had toward godly living, the, the, the mind that the Lord had about walking out the plan that God had laid for him, let that mind be on the inside of you. The peace that he brought, the deliverance that he brought through his ministry, let that mind be in you. Those are big concepts because if, if, if you and I truly believe those things, then we're going to have to say that my mind as it is um, can't stay the same anymore. That means I have to use his frame of reference, his way of thinking. I can't, I can't use my frame of reference. Well, you know, I've been hurt. I've been through this and that. And this is why I didn't do this. This is why I get angry in my relationships. You know, you, you remind me of my father. No, let this mind be in you. In other words, quit putting, your, putting up your past to excuse your future. Well, you know, my husband done me wrong. A lot of people's husbands done them wrong. A lot of women who've done their uh, husbands wrong. But let this mind be in you. Whose mind? His mind. We have the mind of Christ. If all these things from the past are still bugging you, it's because you have yet to uh, utilize and and lay hold of the mind of Christ and apply it to your way of thinking. Because you're too busy thinking like how you want to think. You're too busy thinking about your old pain. You're too busy looking at like, well, you know, we broke up, but I still like him. And, you know, we talked through Facebook. Yeah, I understand that, but there's a problem. You both are married. Let this mind be in you that you're sanctified to her. You're sanctified to him. You're set apart for, for the use of the masters. You, you weren't made for other people. Now you're made for one another. Me and Pastor Milton, we're made for one another. Right. Uh, Pastor Marcus isn't made for other girls. I'm not. She's it. Uh, and, and, and once you make that firm decision that, that, that my own carnal wants or my own carnal needs, uh, you know, you hear people, you know. You know, I just that love and feeling just went away. Well, no. Let this mind of Christ be in you that I love regardless. Let this, love, let this mind of Christ be on the inside of you. No, I, I forsake the world and I stay focused on the one that God has put in front of me. And I follow the plan of that relationship that, that, that God has set with me because that is a good plan. I tell you when, you, when you start to rethink about how you think, about how you should put his mind on and put your old mind away, it can really radically change the way you operate and, and do life. Because the way you do life often isn't working. Maybe that's why it goes, well, it seems like my life ain't working. Well, maybe you're not working it right. Maybe you're working your own plan. Maybe that's the reason why it's not working. 
You know, some number of years ago, Pastor Malin, we, we bought something and it required the instructions. And you know, me instructions and coming from companies, sometimes they just don't come, they just, the two just don't go hand in hand. <laughs> and so I was putting something together and she goes, uh, and it was taking a little bit too long. She goes, uh, did you read the instructions? I don't know. And then finally she goes, let's, let's just look at the instructions here. And you know what, what, <laughs> I'm telling on myself here, what should have taken probably 10 to 15 minutes was done an, an hour and a half later. Why? Because I didn't slow down to read the instructions. The reason why your life is so hard, the reason why things are so difficult is because you're not slowing down to read the instructions. You're not slowing down to get the mind of Christ on yeah, things. The mind of Christ doesn't worry if people try to take care of it. Doesn't need people to take care of it. The mind of Christ does the plan of God. The, the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ depends on the Father. Doesn't depend on the government for a handout. The mind of Christ says, if God be for me, who can be against me? Yes. The mind of Christ says, my kid will be healed. Yes. The mind of Christ says, I am a child and I'm a child of destiny. I have his plan in plan it written for my life. I'm going to follow that plan. Right, but a plan is no good unless it's sought after, unless it's unless it's applied. Amen. amen. Let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter chapter 12. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good. We're, we're walking in destiny. Yeah. I say we're walking in destiny. Yeah. We're walking in that plan. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says this. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Notice that God's not, not presenting your body. He's not presenting your body. Mm -hmm. you're, you're presenting your body. Your body. Your body is just an instrument. It's a vehicle to get you from point A to point B. Your mind, your spirit man should rule your mind and your body. Mm -hmm. And if I'm an owner of a vehicle, I don't expect the vehicle to take care of itself. I'm the owner. I take care of that vehicle. There's no expectation on that vehicle to take care of itself, but the owner. So if I am the person of this body, this spirit man on the inside of me, my job is to take care of and put down the mortal deeds of what this body wants. Right. It's my job. It's not God's job. It's my job. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, uh, I, I don't know about all that. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if I agree with it. It doesn't matter if you agree with it. The Bible says to present your body a living sacrifice. That means your job is to present it in a way that shows, reflects that, that God is still around. He's, he's still present, ever so living on the inside of your heart. And that you're presenting this body as one that has been consecrated. It's been set apart. 
it's been it's going to be used for the master's good and as i'm winning souls i'm laying hands on the sick i'm i'm showing people the love of god maybe i don't get to tell people about jesus all the time but you know i'm being obedient to the plan that god has for my life i'm bringing a supply to my church i'm a help to those around me you know i i i I'm supportive. I am encouraging. See, that's being a part of the body of Christ, right? It's taking on that role. Mm -hmm. It's taking on those fundamental things that are so important to you and me. Because it goes, I beseech you, a sacrifice acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, we've preached on this before, what this transformation is, is what this what this being not conformed is, how that conform, confirmation or that being conformed is, is letting that world press its values, press its mark into you and leave you marked looking like the world. But the Bible says, don't be conformed. Don't let it be pressed into you. Don't let it mold you into its shape, its way of doing things. So as, as your and my responsibility, it's to stay renewed. It's to stay in love. It's to say, you know what, regardless of what life has handed me, I will respond in such a way that reflects the peace and the mind of God on this situation. Mm-hmm. Because people need people who are steady. I said people need for those who will be steady. And the only way you can do it is changing that, that mind of yours that thinks the way it thinks and become spirit-minded versus carnal-minded. I'll tell you what, over the years I've seen, you know, I'm not to say that I've never had my, I like what one brother said, because lost my victory. There's been moments where I've lost my victory, and, you know, you say things you wish you didn't say, and, and you've, do, you've done things the way you said, but, you know, the good thing about the Lord is that, I love that scripture, he says that he, he, that he brings, he can bring you back. He can bring you back to a place where he buries all those old sins into the sea of his forgetfulness and that he puts us in a place so that, that there's, that, that you and I don't have to feel like we're overwhelmed, like we can't get through these things. Yes, yes, he's the one that scripture says he blotteth out all your transgressions for his sake. I like that. He does it for his sake. He doesn't want to remember all your junk. See, there's why bring it up to him anymore. It's over. Once it's over, it's over. Quit, quit revisiting it. A carnal-minded person revisits it and brings it back up. Remember that time I did this and then, oh, that was so embarrassing. And Laura says, I, I, I thought we were beyond this at this point. He wants you to get over some things. And you'll never have the peace of mind that you need until you're willing to let go, forgive people, forgive yourself, Change the way you think and start doing God way of thinking. I tell you what, we're, we're, all, we're all about living the plan. We're all about living the plan of God. I want the, I want the plan of God bigger and bigger in my life. You should too. You should too want the plan bigger and bigger in your life. You should sense a hunger and a desire every day that I want that plan. I want that peace. Now, I know there's folks out there who need that peace right now. I, I sense it very big in my heart. I, this, this evening, as, as I was preparing the Lord, uh, um, was putting on my heart that people need peace, that they're stressed and they're worried and they're concerned. 
You see, that's not going to happen until you decide to yield to it. So those, I want you to pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, tonight I yield to peace. I yield to the plan, which gives me divine access to the peace. So right now, I take that peace, I loose it in my life, and I see myself picking up that disobedience and throwing it out into the alley, right next to the trash. Unforgiveness, dumpster. Rudeness, in the dumpster. Unkind, uh, a, a, a lack of uh, remorse, in the dumpster. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be tender-hearted. So I thank you, Father. We I put those things down. Now I now say this: I pick up the things of the Spirit. I pick up love. I pick up kindness. I pick up joy. I pick up peace. I pick up patience. I pick up long suffering. I make that mine because those are spiritual needs. And my spirit needs them. And my spirit uses them. And I thank you, Father God. Right now, where those, where, where, where our, where those people are home, we're sitting right now, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you touch them where they're at. We no longer allow demonic influences over our lives. No more carnality. No more outbursts. But peace. 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 Oh, oh, the peace that people need.